This is a HeadGum Podcast. Hey, Nadpoles. Caldwell here to talk to you about Hero Forge, the best place to get fully customizable tabletop miniatures with dozens of fantasy species and thousands of parts to choose from. I actually just built a version of my Underdark Gnome Illusion Wizard, Kraslo, for use in a home game my friend has been running, and it was incredibly fun getting to scroll through all the options and details to bring this mage-handed menace to life. Their easy-to-use design tools let you build your perfect miniature online using a fully 3D, in-depth character creator right in your browser. Oh, and before you ask, yes, Hero Forge has goggles, and yes, Kraslo is wearing them. So if you've been thinking about splurging on a miniature for your D&D campaign, wait no longer, because May 2nd to May 9th, Hero Forge is having a spring sale. You can get 10% off all physical miniatures and free shipping, including international shipping on all orders. The figures are tiny, but the savings are huge. To take advantage of this great offer, visit HeroForge.com to start designing your custom miniature today and check back often because new content is added every week. Ooh, good to know. Kraslo just got a hat of vermin in the campaign, and I really want to find an annoying top hat for him to wear to represent that. In the meantime, that's it for me. Thanks for listening, and happy forging. Welcome to Dungeon Courts. We should really get a theme song. That's right. Uh, yeah, we should do a little theme no, song. No, I just want to use the Law and Order theme music. <laughs> yeah, we're allowed to do that, right? <laughs> the theme dun dun. <laughs> maybe, maybe it's maybe we do dun dun jun, and then we like add a little Or it could just be dun jun. <laughs> oh, that's good. Sure. Yeah. Dun 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 jun. Or we just hire someone to sing the entire song and add dungeon to the end. Yeah. Okay. Maybe we just hire an a college acapella group to <laughs> sing the Law and Order theme music, but replacing all the words with dun and jen. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think we do a bad enough job singing the Law and Order theme that uh, we couldn't get sued for it because it's not anywhere near what it is. The uh, teams from Pitch Perfect are real, right? We can hire one of them. They're real. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I'll, I'll look into the teams from Pitch Perfect and hire one of those to do Please it. Please do. Yeah, that was nonfiction. <laughs> uh, we are your Supreme Crit Justices, Murphy, Axford, and Tanner, and then, of course, <laughs> the lowly Dungeon Bailiff, Jake. I don't, know why, I don't know when we started saying I don't saying know why this, uh, every lowly. single time I forget, and then I'm reminded... <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, it makes me laugh. Yeah, I, I actually the the lowly thing seems to be sticking in the comments. Some people, I, I, some people are coming to my defense, but yeah, no, I I see lowly a lot. The more the more it's we staying. insist on being treated with respect, the more people uh, decide to treat Jake with disrespect. Right. Mm. If it pleases the court, and also Jake if he's available. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, sweet. And with that, uh, we'll throw it a dungeon bail of Jake. Actually, and this is very apropos. Nico M writes. Whoa, whoa, please... is court in oh, session? Sorry, are we me. here? <laughs> uh, like, I'm uh, sorry. Apologies. See, I was ready to jump in. Okay. Bang the gavel or what? Are we in okay. court? I'm so sorry. Yeah, no, the, ju the justices demand to be uh, for their esteem. And I get it. I get session. it. No, you're right. The bailiff. Yeah. Let me bring court into session. Yeah. Excuse me. Uh, Hear ye, hear ye. The court is now in session. Thank the you. Honorable Supreme Crit Justices, Axford, Murphy, and Tanner presiding. And hey, your you. righteous bailiff, Jake, leading the proceedings. <laughs> it's not editorialized too okay, much. Okay, you may proceed. <clears throat> Nico M. writes, may it please the court, but mostly bailiff Jake, because I feel <laughs> <Wow>. like- <laughs> 
They're right because I feel like you need a win, buddy. So they lose any so tiebreakers. It's, it's official. Interesting. <laughs> okay, Nico. Interesting gambit here. In one of my home <laughs> games, in one of my home games, my DM makes it an action to change weapons. We have characters with multiple weapons, and in nearly every other campaign I've been in where people have multiple weapons, it's sort of understood that we use video game rules insofar as it isn't too terribly realistic to be carrying three magical weapons, a great axe, javelins, etc., etc. Am I right for saying that this rule should be ignored for the sake of the rule of cool? I think in general, I would agree, but I guess it depends on the weapons, right? Like if you are like a two-handed wielder, if you've got a, a freaking Zwei-hander and then you want to switch to like a bow and arrow, that that might require an action. I don't know. It still seems harsh. I think rules is written. I do think you you do need to take a moment to switch stuff we can we can look this up but um mm-hmm. it might be a rules as written thing my first thought is like okay if these are the rules of your world sometimes rather than being like ah like i wish you might actually get cool moments out of this rule like mm-hmm. if you grapple the weapons out of your um opponent's hands then presumably they need to take an action to get their next weapon out it is very funny to picture somebody in the middle of a battle just going like hold on hold on hold on I need to sheath this and then pull this one out. Just like going through a big purse, being like, God, how do I have so many chapsticks in here? <laughs> one second. Yeah, pulling out the bag of holding and being like, it's in here somewhere. Sorry. It's it's a really cool two-handed blade. You're going to love it. Uh, so I'm reading here, actually. Uh, I've gone to the forums, everybody. Um, oh, no. And the forums have cited the books. So the we devil's know, jury. We know we can trust that. Um, so... <laughs> In the player's handbook, uh, when it talks about uh, free object interactions, one of the things it says is that you can draw or sheath a sword is an example of one of the things that you can do for free. But can you do both? Can you Mm. do both? So I guess like if you just if you just used your weapon, can you sheath it, then draw another one? That's really interesting. So you might have to be like, cool, I attack with my uh, Zweihander mm-hmm. and sheath it this turn. And then next <laughs> turn, I draw my javelin, you know? Interesting. Okay. And That's you don't true. have to sheath a javelin because you just throw yeah. it. Now, That's right. Just to clarify, is the person asking the question for like someone who has two attacks? So they would be trying to like attack with one weapon on one turn and then attack with another weapon on their second weapon they attack? They don't mention. They just say we have characters with multiple weapons. Um, it's probably okay. situational. It's probably like, oh, let's say you're like, let's say that the uh, arena that you're fighting in is like you're fighting close combat, but you take mm-hmm. someone down and then the next person is like, far enough away that you're like, okay, maybe I'll try and hit them with my javelin. Yeah, You know, I I think it takes all kinds, you know, all kinds of games. (laughs) And in our game, personally, uh, (laughs) a a chiller judge this time. Guys, you guys know me. You guys know I'm fucking relaxed. I'm chill. I'm fucking normal. I'm just a normal ass dude. No one is more normal than the person saying I'm normal with a vein popping out of I'm normal. I'm normal. Okay. Normal. What's the one thing everyone says about me? That I'm normal. (laughs) That's why we call it Nad Pod. Normal ass dude. (laughs) I'm Nad. It's the Nad Pod. It's my pod. I'm Nad. Normal (laughs) ass dude. Normal (laughs) ass dude pod. Murph Murph the Nad. The Nad lad. So normal. I have to be honest. When I think of Nad, I definitely think of uh, different. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Um, Yeah. There are games where, you know, 
when you hear this specific thing, you're like, oh, this is way too crunchy. This isn't any fun. But if you play in a game like this, there can be really tense situations from, you know, some some games are a little bit more strict than us, for instance, like Critical mm-hmm. Role. If somebody wants to make a perception check or an investigation check or something during a fight, that is their action. It will be Whoa. like... I'm looking around and there's something very cinematic about that where it's Mm -hmm. like, you know, like a scary situation. If there's an invisible creature in a cave fighting you and you have to use your whole turn to try to pull out a different weapon or to try to um, just do an investigation check to try to track it down. Mm -hmm. I get how you can feel kind of bogged down by some of that stuff, but it also can lead to some pretty great moments. So there's a trade-off, but I see why this DM would want to do this, even though it seems too much. I think I'm, I think I kind of agree with Murph that I'm like, uh, that I, I, I totally understand where you're coming from, but I can also see some fun moments coming out of it. So like, I don't know that I'm like fundamentally opposed to it. Yeah. If if a DM told me that this was going to be like the house rule for the session, I would I would uh prickle a little bit at first, but like I think this is the sort of thing where like once you take your medicine, you kind of see like how how it can be cool. Also, so, I think I think Emily brought up a great point when I was reading the rule of the idea of you can draw or sheath a sword as a free action. Mm-hmm. Then yeah. that leads into fun stuff where like you're in a battle, a dude's running at you, you have on this turn, you do, I shoot him twice with my bow, and then I pull out my sword. And then you're ready for next turn. So I would I would bring this to your DM and be like, hey, this uh, free object interaction, can yeah. I use this to like essentially prep my next turn and not necessarily yeah. do it mid-turn? I think that's mm. a good solution. Yeah, I think I think that's what you do is you're like, okay, I used my I used my sword, took down the person in front of me, and then I sheathed my sword. And then it's kind of fun because then next turn you start out with I draw my fucking bow, and then everyone's yeah. like, oh, what are they gonna do? Right. Just sheath your weapon at the end of every single turn. Yeah. <laughs> is what I'm yeah. trying to say. Fucking get your DM. <laughs> fucking own their ass. Sheath it every time. Right. Like so that you're allowed to do this, or your DM's allowed to do this, but you can absolutely fuck with it still. <laughs> Although yeah. technically, technically their DM is saying that it takes an action. So I guess we are kind of saying rules as written, you can you do have a free sheathing or drawing mm-hmm. on, on mm-hmm. each turn. So you could maybe propose to your DM, hey, what if we like met in the middle and instead of it taking a full action, we got to either draw or sheath. Like so like you're we're, we're kind of like living in in a more like high stakes object interaction world, but maybe not as high stakes yeah. as it takes an action. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I will say it'll definitely make your players think a little more cinematically, which I think yeah. will, will definitely lead to cooler moments, as Murph said. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah. I think video game logic is we mostly use video game logic, which works mm-hmm. really well for us, but some other people might thrive um in in more of like a okay, we're sitting here, yeah. this is gritty, we're gonna make it seem kind of real. And mm-hmm. then the the moments feel smaller but bigger in, in certain circumstances. Yeah. I um, still say if you're living in a world where it's an action to get a new weapon, then you guys just gang up on the on you're fighting one big person with some crazy necrotic magical sword 
all right, do everything you can to get that sword out of their hand. Yeah. <laughs> and I then do. they just, what, punch you? <laughs> I love the idea of, like, optimizing a character who's just good at stealing other people's weapons. <laughs> yeah, just take battle, <laughs> battle master and disarm people. That It's Ooh. a stupid thing, but I always just want to just, like, I'm always like, well, why can't you just take their weapon away? <laughs> <laughs> give it to me. You just It's very funny to picture just, like, running up and just, like, punching someone in the gut and, like, trying to steal their sword. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Even though they're like, you know, a nine foot tall, like lich monster. Yeah. yeah. Nothing uh, without that sword though. So I, I think I'm ready to wrap this one up. I'm ruling mm-hmm. in, in favor of the DM. Although I think yes. Nico could take this uh, to their DM. And, I think and... I'm going to, I don't know where I rule. I think that, um, I think that like, uh, there could be cool things that come from that restriction. Um, so the DM isn't fundamentally wrong, but I do think that Nico could be like, Hey, what if we kind of met in the middle? So there's like an option where it's like you, we have one one weapon interaction, either sheathing or drawing per turn. Would you argue that this was a tiebreaker situation? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it might be a tiebreaker situation yeah. for me. Mm-hmm. Wow. What did Nico say about Justice Axford? <laughs> this is I, I. This is a kangaroo court. I I, I call for a mistrial. <laughs> Nico, if you could get back to us with one point of praise for each of us, that'd be great. <laughs> Nico did say, may it please the court. Just, okay. just uh, there's a lot right. of people in this court is all I'm saying. They specifically wanted me to be pleased. But. Right. <laughs> Hold on, what's your ruling? Um, well, I'm a, I, I will say that I am also a NADPOD, a never anger daddy. Um, so I think that I am going to rule in favor of the DM. Mm. Okay. So ordered. Um, mm-hmm. So what is... You know, it was, it was a close one, but Nico actually has to be punished, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> Which doesn't <laughs> please me at it all. Has to, it has to happen. Does Nico have to come up with something nasty about Jake? Yeah. Yes. yeah. Nico. <laughs> Nico has to sit across from Jake at coffee and decide for their least favorite thing about <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Why am I being punished? Their least favorite thing Nico about Jake? Your me? least favorite thing about That'd Jake. So After hurtful. a 10-minute interaction. <laughs> at coffee? Oh, great. So I have to like, divulge myself. We have to get to know each other. <laughs> I'm also a little bit like hyped up, like I'm a little bit like wired from the coffee. Oh yeah, you're not in a Feeling place tender. to hear something bad. No, about you're more apt to be crushed. It's gonna be. A, you guys you're are dehydrated. drinking espresso, not just right. coffee. You're dehydrated. The thing is, Jake, you're you're gonna be able to have a weapon, but it is gonna be sheathed. Well, yeah, it's at a coffee shop. It better be sheathed, <laughs> right? It's gonna take you a full action to draw your blade to defeat Nico. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, I'm gonna wow. say Nico. Also, feel free to write in next time. Maybe have us choose between what was the worst of your two least favorite Jake Hurwitz moments. That's just like a crazy. Little, <laughs> a little homework. <laughs> Horrible Great. assignment. So you don't have to do that homework. <laughs> All right. So ordered. We're moving on to the next case. Um, Patrick O.B. writes, Dear honored judges and whoever else is there, I guess. Oh, hey. tiebreaker. Ooh, up. Guaranteed. That's about right. That's, don't. No. Okay. One of the <laughs> one of the other. I don't want other people to you know to game the system with the tiebreaker. When you thing. said that, you did this little smile that was like so tight. It was like just little teeth. <laughs> like tiny tooth smile. Yeah. <laughs> How do you make Uh, them so small? (laughs) One of the other players in a campaign was playing a Warforged 
named Otto, who is wearing heavy armor. Cool. An enemy spellcaster used heat metal on Otto's armor, but mm. Otto's player argued that no. since Warforged integrate their armor into their bodies, it was part of his body and no longer an object and could not be targeted. It eventually devolved into the only shouting match between the DM and the player we ever saw and serves Whoa. as a dark stain on the history of the campaign. <laughs> I mean, already I'm siding with you for the phrase dark stain. <laughs> stain. In your ineffable wisdom, my God, how what a writer. How would you rule the case of Otto's is, armor? I mean, every question should include ineffable wisdom and dark stain. This is a tough one. <laughs> Just uh, the highs and the lows. There they are. Gosh, I, I feel like I'm I'm so biased because uh, they named their Warforged Otto, uh, which is the same name that that's what Keychain's name used to be. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. wow. Yeah, I think the weird the weird thing the player has done here is almost told on themselves. They've almost like <laughs> gotten themselves into a worse situation because the DM could argue, okay, then I'll just fucking heat you. Then there is no, yeah. you have that, no that's defense. That's what I was There's, wondering. That's what I'm wondering. Yeah, so they're like, the armor becomes part of your body. So then what is your defense? Just that your body gets hot as fuck? Because that's not Yeah, good. and you like literally keep taking is, that damage. What's the rule of heat metal? Is it? It's, it's you take the damage until you drop the object. Um, wow. So I'm reading the like the page on Warforged, and yeah. I think they're actually less directly metal. They're living steel and stone. Warforged ah, are formed war- from a blend okay. of organic and inorganic materials. Root-like mm. cords infused with alchemical fluids serve as their muscles, wrapped around a framework of steel, dark wood, or stone. I would say that if you've like incorporated like metal armor into yourself, you're probably fucked on that front. But like if you went out of your way to say that it like was not metal or something like that, or like you had like some sort of like specific leather armor that you had incorporated, then like, yeah, you're probably fine there. But it seems like they specifically like melded metal armor to themselves. So so this this is what it says right here. Right. So it says integrated protection. Your body has built in defense layers, which can be enhanced with armor. So you can still wear armor. Mm-hmm. But one of the one of the racial traits of Warforged is that they get plus one bonus to armor class. But it also gives um, instructions on how you can don or doff armor. So the a Warforged mm. can be uh, can take damage, can be affected by things that affect your armor or whatever, just as anybody else can. And if this mm-hmm. if the Warforged wants to argue that the armor is in their body, I would argue that the DM could then say, "Okay, that's how you want to play it." then you heat up and you take damage because it says right here <laughs> yeah. that you feel pain. Like you're- Yeah, you're like circuits heat up as well because yeah. you've integrated yeah. this. I think I have like really no opinion on what the right answer is. My only thought is that hearing this, it a little bit sounds like the DM was setting up kind of a cool moment to show a vulnerability of this- of this one super powerful character and that everyone would have to work together to fix it, Mm -hmm. Um, which could be wrong. (laughs) Maybe absolutely not the situation, but if it was the situation, that does sound kind of cool. I I like that setup. Yeah, I definitely am mad at the DM for hurting poor sweet Otto, but I I think that uh, the (laughs) rules might be in their favor. I think the DM should melt Otto because- (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) No! It's a huge pet peeve of mine when people play characters that it says on your sheet what your character can do it says Mm -hmm. all of the things all the special things about that particular character if you start just arguing for rules because of like the cartoon version of your character that you have in your head that doesn't exist in any basis in reality you don't 
you're turning this court into a circus. <laughs> order! You will have order! Wow. There's our chill guy. There's our normal That's, guy. That, this is your normal ass dude right here. <laughs> no, I think it's, you know, it's it's that thing of um somebody arguing, oh, um, this halfling knocked down this door. Um, mm-hmm. But me, a big uh, Goliath, wasn't able to do it. That's not fair. And it's just like, well, does the halfling have a 20 strength score? Because mm-hmm. if so, the fucking math adds up that they you should be able to do is? it better than you. This is like when Wolverine met Magneto for the first time. And Magneto was like, oh, shit, you got metal in your bones. Yeah, I got your number, dude. Him up. Yeah. yeah. You got I, think that's why I, I think that's why I like the move from the DM is because it just seems like a cool moment to happen. Mm-hmm. So I'm just surprised that it turned into a hostile uh, thing. A now, match. that being said, <laughs> if they were pulling this moment every fucking fight and just like <laughs> using heat metal on them all the time, obviously mm-hmm. that would get old. But just, I yeah. feel like it just kind of reminds me of the kid cool. that's like, um, you, can't, you actually can't tag me because I have um, <laughs> invisible armor on. I actually have. You actually can't attack me because I actually said time out as soon as yeah. you uh, started time out, to attack me. Time out. Time out. Time out. Time out. Time in. Time in. Time in. Time in. Time in. Time out. Time out. Actually, I quit. I quit. Uh, actually, Lunch I quit. Time. Okay. I quit. I'm back in now that I'm not it. You're it. <laughs> yeah, I feel like you got to own it. You got to like, number one, I don't think this deserves to be a dark stain. This is a blemish at best. This is a miscolored yeah. blemish. There's a dark um, stain where Otto was melted. <laughs> Righteously. <laughs> I hate that I agree with Murr. I fucking hate it. <laughs> I'm a normal ass dude. <laughs> I hate that I must stand with this normal ass dude. But, I think that uh, there should be a dark stain, but um, from uh, something fun, like uh, spilling a drink out of reverie. Oh, that's nice. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. like, it'd be hard to get the wine stains off of your metal frame. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Bailiff Jake, where do you weigh in on this? Um, I'm against wherever you guys are. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> so you stand with Otto. I stand you, with Otto. You, you catch more flies with honey, Jake. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, uh, you yeah. turn this quarter to a dark stain. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going <laughs> to rule for the DM, which is this is funny because it sounds like the player who submitted this is not Otto. It just witnessed. No, yeah, no, it's just a play. It's, it's, just a, it's witnessed someone the who fight. witnessed just the yelling match. Wow. An innocent bystander trying to make sense of like <laughs> of a weird night under the that table, they had. typing this email as everyone shouts. <laughs> as they hear pizza boxes launching and slapping against windows. There's really no excuse for a shouting match during D&D ever, which is because even though I think the DM's right here, if I were the DM in this situation and the other person was yelling at me, I'd be like, you need to leave my house. I think yeah. that's that's part of what maybe what makes me root in favor of the DM is because mm-hmm. I feel like I can conceive of the um, Warforge being like, oh, like fighting for it and being mm-hmm. like, actually this. But it, uh, after like three times, you just got to be like, yes, DM. I think. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, you master. can push back like twice. And you have to do it sweetly and in a cute way and maybe mm-hmm. slightly cheeky. <laughs> if the DM was fucking you over by using heat, if, if they were using heat metal in some kind of funky way where it was like, oh, since you're a Warforged, they're going to use it to uh, melt your hand in a way that you drop this uh, jewel that you needed that's the MacGuffin of the campaign and then they catch mm-hmm. it and, and teleport away. That would be fucked yeah, up. But yeah, yeah. That just, would be stupid. This player has just decided that they can't be targeted by this spell. 
Right. <laughs> Whereas I do think it's cool. Like it's like that Wolverine Magneto moment. Like, oh, mm-hmm. you're so fucking strong, and here's this one situation, and then the rest of the team has to be like, "What? Our big strong Warforged? Don't worry, Arno, yeah. we're gonna save you." But that also gives you like a personal uh, vendetta <laughs> against this villain. Like <laughs> Otto now has yeah. like a reason to end this villain because like yeah. they have like yeah. their number. They got this weakness against them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Your DM just gave you a cool story arc. I right. I think I think that's what I think. But you never know. If, if this was like the third time and they just were always invalidating your ability by throwing yeah. a heat metal on you, that would be a different story. <laughs> All right. I rule in favor of the DM here. Okay. I do too. So wait, so this wasn't the the this wasn't auto writing in. So do we punish this person who wrote in? No, no, no. You you well, still punish. They have to be a mediator. They, they, they this need is to be a the mediator. Punished. Yeah, so, someone must be punished. We are not so. punishing the mediator. I think we need to sentence Otto. Yeah, Otto. Oh, I think wow. Otto is being. Punished. Do you think we sentence Otto to be dipped in lava like Terminator Two? Wow, that's an actual. That's murder. Okay, yeah. yeah, that's great. Yeah, I like. Oh, that. Oh, Otto, yeah. the character gets dipped in lava. Right. I would also yeah. say I like the cleaning up the stain caused by revelry. I think you <laughs> spill. We have to spill red wine on the DM's carpet. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yes. And then uh, this is really just a punishment for the DM. I don't know why I'm saying this. And then Otto <laughs> needs yeah. to really apologetically clean it up. You got to get the carpet cleaner. Um, I feel like the, I don't want. That's a pun. That's I. I would hate that well, if I were the Well, DM. this player who submitted it works through like icebreakers and sort of like games so they can like all get back into being friends again. That stain's not coming out. It's going to mm. be like kind of a whitewashed. Yeah, you're going to have to hire a rug doctor. The DM. I think we need to sentence the player who plays Otto um, to get a dark stain on their own carpet. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Just grab it. I think that's what we, we need to leave the DM and the mediator out of this <laughs> and put the dark stains where they belong. Yeah. Right. We're going to show up at your door with a zesty red blend. The, <laughs> carpet, <laughs> the carpet of the culprit. That's where it needs to go. When we spill it, you're going to taste the pepperiness in the air. That's how much we're going to spill. It's a Paso Robles blend. You're going to love it. The player who submitted this needs to go to Otto's house. Walk in the door <laughs> of the apartment or wherever, and just silent and pull, l- pour eyes. a magnum bottle. Yeah. Of- <laughs> eye contact, and then just a barefoot fucking red blend all over just the carpet. Like go through your mm. aunt's wine closet. Yeah, the biggest magnum <laughs> yeah. bottle you can find. Bottoms and it, the entire thing has to empty. So yeah. if Otto comes and tries to upright the bottle, you need to fight. <laughs> yeah, you, you need to. Kill this you might need to wrestle. Yeah. You, right? you, you might you need to wrestle. That. It needs to be empty because you can't. Be empty you can't explain yourself until after it. You're not absolved. You need to then share with us the audio of the magnum <laughs> bottle glugging onto <laughs> glug, glug, someone's glug. carpet. You might have you to run. It? You might have to leave a wine trail through the house as you're being chased. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's allowed. So it doesn't funny. all have to be in one place. It just has oh, to be on carpet. Doesn't that feel like a fun thing for like someone who's like got like kidnapped onto a car and then they find a wine bottle in the back and then they smash it and it leaks wine. That's cool. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> awesome kidnapping, M. <laughs> <laughs> So if you're going to kidnap someone, make sure there's no loose wine <laughs> bottles in your trunk, okay? Yeah. Okay? Really what we're what we're here for is giving advice to kidnappers. <laughs> yeah. No, it's a, if you're kidnapped, you use the wine bottle. 
<laughs> Caldwell's the one who made it about <laughs> tightening up your kidnapping plan. I just want to make sure everyone's informed. Yeah, no. <laughs> Emily had, took the kidnapper's side. <laughs> Emily had a plan for how to escape, and Caldwell yeah. told uh, kidnappers how to tighten up their security. <laughs> I just think it's important for everyone to know all of their options. Yeah, yeah. I'm just glad they're all, that both sides are listening to the podcast. I think that's awesome. Yeah, we appeal to both kidnappers and kidnappies. <laughs> Right All down right. the middle. <laughs> so, so ordered. So ordered. Uh, our next case comes from Daniel C. Uh, they write, may it please the court. In my campaign, I currently run, my party is investigating a smuggling ring run by a Yuan-Ti, half-snake, half-human monster people. Whoa. Their leader is a Yuan-Ti abomination called the Great Mamba. And as a joke, Ooh. she has henchmen known by numbers instead of names, like any good <laughs> villain would. Okay, when the party good, kidnapped good. a henchman to squeeze for intel, they found the fifth henchman known appropriately as Mamba Number 5. <laughs> what immediately followed was a violent rage I had never seen before from my players in our entire campaign. One player fully logged off Discord. Another called me a dumbass for 30 seconds. And my roommate threatened to move out and left our apartment without shoes on. My, what? My wrong, cases, wrong. Was my joke really so bad? I knew it would be a little corny, but did it de deserve such dramatics? Should I have chosen another name like Monica or Erica or Rita? Oh, wow, he's still See, on. See, that it. makes me want to log off, right? Like at first, you're a little bit on their side. Like this is an overreaction, but they're yeah. like they're still doing it. It's not in the. And actually, it's really nice because sneaking in that Mamba number five thing for us at the mm -hmm. end feels almost like I felt. In that you feel moment, it, right? Like the players, you want to leave the yeah. Zoom right now, right? You <laughs> yeah. feel it. I'm sad I read it. I think this is so wild to me. Imagine going for a <laughs> shoes-off walk because you heard a joke that was so bad. I I do not believe the story. I think I don't believe it either. <laughs> I need verification. I need the Discord logs. There's not <laughs> enough data here. Yeah, show us the Discord logs. Show us the um. Show us the shoeless picture of your roommate. <laughs> <laughs> show us the blood from your roommate's feet as they ran outside. <laughs> I will. I will. I will say in defense of the people who all left the game, it is very funny to do that. More funny than right. a Mambo Number Five joke. That's what Plus, I was yeah. thinking too. It's Plus, almost like they started going bigger than the yes. joke because, mm -hmm. like, they they stole the joke from you. Right. I yeah. think that they were. I think that they were actually playing into your bit in how they reacted. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That being said, I'm not opposed to how enjoyable it would be to have someone named Mambo Number Five be a very serious character. Yeah. I I feel like that's such a fun little gift from this DM that I feel like it would get a chuckle and everyone would kind of razz them, but like, I don't think we'd sign off. Yeah. But, but it would maybe, be, yeah, yeah, I don't know. If if I wasn't doing it as a job and I just thought it was funny, I might just sign off. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. If we, didn't, if we didn't all have to text to reschedule. Yeah. yeah. Here's the question. <laughs> Is like, did they just fully ghost or was like there a like text thread that followed where the DM was like, Guys, <laughs> it feels almost like the like the reaction, the razzing to uh, uh, of the joke got really big and out of hand, and that's. Mm -hmm. I feel that... like I think I feel like it's all fun, good and fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> that was the question: is was this fun? <laughs> it essentially was. Sounds kind okay. of fun. Leaving the yeah. apartment without shoes on just feels like a joke. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the barefoot wine. This is classic goofum behavior of like. <laughs> Like being like, that's it, I'm done, and then actually leaving. That's a good bit. 
Yeah, yeah. it's committing. You know what I mean? So that's committing. And then really you just go thing. home. Yeah. That is what my favorite Disney character, Goofum, would do. Yeah. <laughs> Goofum is always shoeless and leaving. <laughs> I love it when Goof- Goofum leaves Mikhail's house. But, but again, did anyone else feel this, that you were on this person's side a little bit until the end of the joke? Right up until the end. And then you could just hear the, eh, eh. <laughs> and that made me want to leave the house with my shoes I off. I think I think I just think that it was a like it was a fun little thing to throw yeah. in that could have uh that could have also been fun and I think that your players are clearly your friends and they were also playing a joke too. Yeah, yeah I, I think that like leaving the house without your shoes on is the counter spell to this joke. Like it yeah, is a perfectly totally. orchestrated uh, re- rebuttal. Right. Totally. I think your joke was dumb. Nothing wrong with it. Dumb joke. But dumb dumb jokes are fun. Well, yeah, dumb fun. And what your friends did was also funny. Yes. So. <laughs> I think you got a house full of goofums is what I'm saying. Yeah. It's kind of like there's a lot of jokes that I think a lot of people say. I know I can say this about myself. There are a lot of jokes I say to Murph that I, and I know there's a lot of jokes he says to me that I don't want him to sincerely laugh at. Sometimes I really want him to roll his eyes. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. yeah. yeah, you got the ultimate rolling eyes. You got, you ruined the night. You did it. You got what you, you wanted. That was the reaction you didn't that he want wanted. I think that was the reaction No one didn't do this to right. be funny. You did this yeah. to upset people It would work. be weird. That's true, actually. Right? They, yeah. They did this. They 100% <laughs> did this for this exact... This they got exactly so I think, that, I think they gave you the exact reaction that you were looking for. If anything, they they, get, they even heightened it. Yeah, you built a whole world. And so yeah. I think this is all just world. a fun game of ping pong. And you guys are just hitting it back and forth. To trick your friends into investing themselves into your goddamn world. <laughs> I stand I think- by I stand by you can name it Mambo number five as a throwaway joke and mm-hmm. then have them meet a really gruff world weary mambo number five. Yeah. I, I think that's gotta okay have that contrast. I think that's what they were doing. I think the only way this would have been funnier is if they all just laughed and continued laughing. And, and just laughed stopped. and laughed and guffawed and just kept for being like, like that was a really straight. good joke, dude. <laughs> <laughs> when we saw Mamba number three and four, I had no idea what was coming. <laughs> hey, before I take my turn, just want to say I'm still fucking chuckling at that Mamba number five joke. Just like A plus stuff. <laughs> Shoes are on. I'm staying here. I'm not running. <laughs> so I think we all rule in favor of your friends who ran away. I think that I rule in favor of them because I think that they I gave think you, you wanted this. They gave mm-hmm. you the honorable answer the one that validated i think you wanted that response you wanted you wanted an eye roll and they eye rolled themselves right out of your apartment (laughs) they gave you the ultimate groan yeah yeah Um, Yeah, they really acted out a groan so and they must be punished for for this ruling okay our dm maybe you're not the dm anymore and lou bega is there you go (laughs) and he's yeah very very busy i'm sure yeah. Uh, so it's gonna and be hard. And if not that, you, we could always just have him get blasted by a blasting grandma. <laughs> blasting grandma, <laughs> old ref. Maybe maybe the DM is now a blasting grandma. Well, the, yeah, the grandma's name is Gramba Number Five, so it all works. Okay. Out. <laughs> all right, excellent. Uh, so ordered. Hey everybody, it's Emily here to talk to you about Mint Mobile. It's spring cleaning. We're getting rid of the things that don't serve us anymore, and you know what doesn't serve anyone? Expensive phone bills. If you'd like to declutter your finances, it's time to switch to Mint Mobile and get unlimited talk, 
text, and data for $15 a month. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. You can use your own phone and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash pawpaw. That's mintmobile.com slash pawpaw. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash P-A-W-P-A-W. $45 upfront payment minimum required, equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speeds slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Goodbye, sweeties. Hey there, Nadpoles. This episode is brought to you by Aura Frames. Are you looking for the perfect gift to celebrate the moms in your life? Well, look no further. Aura Frames are the beautiful Wi-Fi connected digital picture frames that allow you to share and display unlimited photos. It's super easy to upload and share photos via the Aura app. And if you're giving an Aura as a gift, you can even personalize the frame with preloaded photos and memories. My mom, my mother-in-law, and my grandmother-in-law all have auras from me and they love them. So from grandmothers to new mothers, aunts, and even the friends in your life, every mom loves an aura frame named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter and selected as one of Oprah's favorite things. Trademark, brother. Aura frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. They're easy to set up, they are the perfect gift, and they've got unlimited storage, unlimited photos and videos. You can invite as many people as you want to a frame. There are absolutely no hidden fees or subscriptions. How beautiful is that? And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That is Aura, A-U-R-A, frames.com. Use the code PAWPAW at checkout to save terms and conditions apply. Thank you, everybody. And now we have a another case uh, from Grace M. They write, may it please the court. My DM has put into effect a house rule for his campaign that I don't agree with. My DM is very new Uh-oh. to D&D, and this okay. is the first and this is his first time DMing. So he wanted to make this campaign very much his own. He thought for death saving throws, instead of rolling a D20, we would flip a coin. Whoa. Now I know technically the odds are slightly better than 50% when you roll a death saving throw. Right. But he bought a cool coin, so we all agreed just to have fun. Yeah. Except now he's telling us that he's flipping the coin for us. And if we go down, he won't tell us the results of each flip. So we have to sit in suspense to see if we died or not. I guess I'm asking is, should the DM have this sort of hold over our character's fate? Thank you for your consideration. That's really weird. Man, yeah, they almost had me. We're on board with the cool coin. They were so close to having me. I was really on board with it. Until the fact that you actually don't see the result. This is new. Yeah. This yeah. is very new DM stuff where mm. you think that you need to have control over everything. So he sounds like he wants to be able to hide it so that he can save a character if he needs to. But okay. like, oh. I, I feel like there are better ways to do that. Like, you can have people give help actions, or you can, there are ways that. You don't completely deflate the stakes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I guess I wondered I wondered if they were doing this rule to build the suspense. But I I think that 
knowing the death saves, the suspense still builds up. Totally. it's It builds it more because you can trust yeah. that they're not lying or something or fudging the yeah, roles. Yeah, because then when someone yeah. dies, then you're just like, I didn't even see the flips. The I'd hate yeah. to not have like, I mean, I like rolling for deaths. Like there's more suspense in that. Like with a coin, you could also call, you know, they flip a coin you and you make the call. So, I like, like that. You feel a little more uh, like, yeah. invested. That's cool. That's cool, Jake. That's very cool. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Creative bailiff Jake, right? That's pretty cool. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> nice idea, bailiff. Fuck it. I'm giving up my seat. What? I'm up oh my, my God. Don't sit in my seat. No, you you're going to have to curate. This is what he wanted. The robe's a little short, but okay. <laughs> He played you like a fiddle. Mid thigh on you. Trip on the robe, hit my head on the bench. He's out. He's out. But I have a a cool coin that has like a one on one side and a twenty on the other, and it's got a skull on it. I'm holding it up on the camera right now. Looks like a pog slammer. Yeah, if you flip this thing to see whether you live or die, that's fucking cool. It's cool. cool. I like that aspect of it a lot. It does. It does suck that you don't get the nat twenty chance of popping back up oh, to one yeah but you also don't get the two deaths save fails at 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 a one mm-hmm. right true so mitigated a little bit yeah mm-hmm. but i will say cool coin kind of makes up for it i'm not against that house rule if you want to do a cool coin i'm pro cool coin i'm mm-hmm. not against the house rule i do agree though you should be if, if they want to flip it you should still be able to call heads or tails and i think that maybe they should know the outcome because like yeah whether they're doing it to save a character or if they're doing it to build suspense, like I just feel like no matter what, it's always suspenseful. It's as suspenseful as it needs yeah. to be. Yeah, it factors mm. into how you use your action economy because if yeah. somebody has three death passes and they're just stabilized, you don't necessarily have to heal them as much as you yeah. need to somebody who has two death fails. You know? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna flip this coin to see if uh, Jake will remain a a judge or return <laughs> to being a lowly bailiff. Okay, oh, Jake, do you want to call it? Yeah. yeah, one or twenty. Caldwell, you're Let doing this behind. It. Wink, wink. You're doing this behind the screen. Of course, behind we're going screen. by this yes, DM's rules. <laughs> so, Caldwell, I want you to think carefully about what you see as this coin lands. Wink, um, wink. Yeah, Jake, well, I want I, you. And to I want call... you to think honestly. Uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, and we're all being honest here because yeah. right, why good. would we well, need to hide it if we were? Jake, I want you to call. Uh, whether it's a one or a 20 and then also which judge you want to replace yeah oh wow I... <laughs> here we go I'm flipping it I gave up my seat and wandered into the audience mm. but that's why I want to serve on the bench with you 20 <laughs> Caldwell <laughs> what <laughs> that's right I gave you a chance I need to sit on the bench with my nemesis I'm holding it up to the camera it's a 20 <laughs> oh my god <laughs> Wow, unseated. I gave you a chance. <laughs> uh, I mean, Jesus. I, Jake Hurwitz, do solemnly swear that I will support and defend the players. Oh, no, I, won't. I couldn't. I couldn't. I, we the, could have done court, great things, Jake. The court would go to shit without me. <laughs> All right, so what are what is our ruling? We're, we're against this DM. Uh, against yeah. their coin hiding, <laughs> against their damn coin yeah, hiding. Yeah, I'm I'm ruling in favor of the I'm ruling in favor of the player. I think that their instincts yeah. are right. That they're like. I also thought it was really nice that they were like they are a new DM, like really trying to give an an earnest context yeah. for the situation. So I'm ruling in favor of the, in favor of the flavor mm. <laughs> of the flavor in favor of the player in flavor of this sweet little DM. In order to remedy this, I think really talk up the coin, like really just go in there and be like, guy, 
Loving the coin. Loving the cool coin. <laughs> have a note. Mm-hmm. A note. First note, actually. You sorry, have I have two notes. You compliment sandwich Two the, notes, yeah. The no, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Three notes. One note. Coin Whoa. is an awesome idea. It's Second a triple note, stuffed Oreo. What if we did it in front of the board and we did it so that we could actually play the game correctly? Number three, coin. What an idea. What an idea. <laughs> Love this Can we give coin. it up for the coin? Let's, Let's give it up. Can we actually, yeah. Sorry, Absolutely, sandwich plus yeah. a little... I don't need to flip a coin to let you know that I love the coin. Yeah. Yeah. Um, sorry, am I the only one? Because it's not coin, 50 bucks. Coin, 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 behavior you deserve to be beheaded and replaced <laughs> whoa fair enough <laughs> so wait i'm being punished this time yeah you're, yes we're I gonna think have to punish caldwell this dm's punishment is that um <laughs> caldwell gets beheaded <laughs> oh my god <laughs> caldwell gets beheaded to punish this <laughs> dm for trying to insert a coin into his game. it's a harsh judgment but i i must stand by my words <laughs> honestly I, I thought it was too much when i was going to get insulted by a player yeah. that this is well, it's, nope, a, do it's it. a punishment for the table too because no one wants to have to kill someone at their D game <laughs> that's you're gonna have to do it you're gonna have to get that big quarter from batman yeah the one that batman has in the bat cave and you're gonna have to roll it right over my head <laughs> You live by the quarter, you die by the quarter. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, instead of instead of being the one who makes the ruling has to swing the sword, it's this random as DM has to the one who flips the coin has to swing the sword. Just weeping, saying, I didn't want any of this. I just wanted a little drama in my campaign. And right as it happens, I look towards this DM and I say, Don't give me any quarter. Eh? Uh, uh. No. And then everyone leaves and it saves your life. <laughs> no. Yes, there we go. Don't give me any quarter. Everyone... Wait, will you explain the joke to me? Give me no quarter. That's like, uh, you know, don't hold back. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. It was very fun. Should I explain it again? <laughs> if you no, could. No, please. I beg. <laughs> Three more times. <laughs> we've, we've taken it back. You just have to uh, uh, listen to Caldwell explain that joke every time you flip a coin. <laughs> <laughs> Fate worse than death. Oh, wait, no, you, you tails. Be... If you get heads, you have to bed Caldwell. If you get tails, you have to listen to him say that joke. Right, it's only honorable. Go. Hold on, here we go. All right. Uh, we'll say heads is one, uh, 20 is tails. Great. That's a 20, it's tails. Okay, you get so to So that's live. a joke? Congratulations, Caldwell. Congratulations. All right, um, you should be expecting a knock on your door in five, four, three, two, one. I'm outside. Let's get to it. That's a gavel. <laughs> uh, sweet. Uh, guys, why don't we go ahead and do one more? Yes, Sounds of great. course. This final case comes from Joseph, DA. Uh, they write, may it please the court and the lowly bailiff. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I like them. I like their vibe. Uh, I humbly request your ruling on DM versus Barbarian. Ooh. My party mm. recently fought a group of Eladrin. The barbarian in my party was raging, and I, the DM, had the autumn Eladrin cast calm emotions on the barbarian to break her rage. Our barbarian said she could be raging in a calm way. I countered that the spell specifically (laughs) says you become indifferent to a creature. 
um, of the caster's choice, and you cannot be raging against someone indifferently. She protested, saying rage isn't really about emotion, which just seems absurd to me, and I argued that it is the same as being counterspelled, just for a different ability. Was I in the right, or do I have a horrible punishment awaiting me? Thanks, sweeties. <laughs> you are right to be concerned, but I think we might be on your side here. Let's go ahead and mm-hmm. look up calm emotions and let's look all, yeah. all look up rage. Cause I actually, yeah. I don't hate the player's argument here because mm-hmm. I get you use the word rage and you're like, yes, of course that's emotional. But the way barbarians use it, it is sort of like a battle trance. Yeah. Right? It's like so, an ability that they have. It's right. Not like I'm super mad. Although it is, it is a really fun, kind of it's a fun, <laughs> it's another thing like almost like with the heat metal on the Warforge. It's like, mm-hmm. I kind of, I like, I like the idea Obviously, if they did it frequently, that would be annoying, but doing it once is kind of like this fun thing. Mm. Okay, Rage. In battle, you fight with primal ferocity. Oh, primal, to me, says not emotional, right? Primal's like, this is instinctual deep inside. Lizard brain. Your rage lasts for one minute. It ends if you are knocked unconscious, or if your turn ends and you haven't attacked a hostile creature since your last turn or taken damage since then. Okay. Uh, So that does sound- a thought. Yeah. I think that rules as written, it would not have um, it would not have ended the rage. However, perhaps mm-hmm. uh, based on what Calm Emotion said, if you could have gotten them to not attack a hostile creature, that would have ended the rage. Oh yeah. I just think that the phrase "primal ferocity" doesn't sound like emotions to me. Yeah, it's like something mm. deeper than that. It's, it's yeah. guttural. But I guess like the other, the alternate is that uh, you make a target indifferent about a creature of your choice that it is hostile. Yeah, that seems closer to me, right? Where it's like hostility is definitely tied to rage. Yeah, Mm. yeah. I think that I think that as much as I actually think it was like a really cool move from the Mm -hmm. DM, I think that maybe the player might have been right because primal ferocity doesn't read like emotions to me. Mm -hmm. However, I think that you could have, if they failed the save, made them not hostile to a. A target, and in which case they wouldn't have attacked, and then they would have lost yeah. their rage. Mm. I think rule of cool has to go both ways. Yeah, it has to be a two way street. Yeah, I think totally. Like this, I think the DM kind of gotcha. Like it, you can maybe argue your way out of it, but like it just on paper it makes sense. And like maybe this character plays their barbarian as like a super cool, like kind of like passive rager, but. I don't know. It seems like they were kind of like scrambling a little bit when they said that like rage doesn't have to be emotional. It also says you attempt to suppress strong emotions in a group of people. It doesn't say you suppress like anger or something like that. So Mm -hmm. I would still argue that you are putting yourself into some kind of emotional state to rage, whether that be anger, whether that be Mm -hmm. uh, some kind of focus, although I guess you could argue that being super focused would make you unemotional. Yeah. I I, think- I just think primal. I think that rule like like reading the descriptions, primal ferocity doesn't feel like emotions to me. So I do actually side with the player, but I do think that the DM had a really cool move though. So I I do want to acknowledge that despite right. siding with the player. I- yeah. I would take my lick were I this barbarian. Yeah, I think if I were the barbarian, I would have just been like, okay, I'm not raging the fact that you, <laughs> The fact that you have to keep fighting, though, or take damage, mm-hmm. and the fact that it's called rage does, you know, it, it does hint at a bloodlust. It more than hints, it, it heavily But you implies. could, though, with if calm emotions were able to make it not hostile to a creature and then they didn't attack anyone yeah. that turn, they would have lost their rage. 
yeah, right. it's a, you got to use it or lose it. So that's yeah, what I'm saying. Exactly. Like there is a there is a by the books version of where calm emotions does lose rage. Mm-hmm. I I think it also depends on uh, if this is the player kind of trying to argue argue their way out of this one thing. Um, I think that's not super fair. The player could have a good argument if that was their thing the whole time. If yep. they had essentially reflavored rage to be like, I'm from a place where we like get super mm-hmm. focused. We are unemotional. It is like very clinical the way we do battle. Then I think you have an argument there where it's yeah. like, oh, I'm not emotional. But my guess yeah. is most barbarians play it like, yeah, I'm going through. I'm fucking cutting dudes. So. I'm, I'm going to agree that the role play would have an effect. I do side with the player. However, I would need to know the situation of the role play because if this character's, you know, everyone kind of comes up with a reason why they rage and how they rage and what makes them rage. Mm-hmm. If this person's story is, I'm like really angry about this thing and like I pump my chest and get to an emotional space, then I, I think that maybe like the player should definitely have suspended that. But if they're like, no, I come from like a family and we get into this battle frenzy, like I think that, it would be fine for them for you to be like, okay, maybe that's not emotions. Maybe that is more of like a primal ritual. Yeah, right. Like if your barbarian like listens to a bunch of evanescence and like paces around, <laughs> and then like and then goes to attack, then that, I think that that's you know there's some wiggle room there. Yeah, <laughs> I I think I'm going to rule with the DM because I do think that uh, I, I think the calm emotions, the fact that it gets a saving throw and stuff. I, I think it, it allows for a chance of success. I think there is some wiggle room here because there is no exact ruling for mm-hmm. it, and it does depend barbarian to barbarian. If your barbarian is going in yeah. there, getting super angry and using their anger to be a fierce fighter, which is what the class implies, then I think that would work. If you have a re-skinned barbarian that is mm-hmm. um, uh, different, then that doesn't work. On the information provided, I side with the DM, but I could see cases where the player yeah. would be right. It's cool. Also, either like, way. imagine if someone's barbarian, like instead of like instead of going into a rage, like they were just like I, I chug an energy drink and go into battle. Calm yeah. emotions wouldn't stop that. Yeah, you need to stop their heart, which would probably yeah. not be too hard. Yeah, <laughs> Red Bull gives you wings, so it's done. <laughs> it's true. Uh, actually, which transitions greater to our Red Bull ad? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I. It's very cool to picture it either way. Um, like if the the barbarian like just keeps running after this spell is cast on them because they are just a barbarian who like has a calm focus. That like is a very cool moment. But also if the like the wizard casts calm emotions and stops them dead in their tracks, it's cool either way. Uh, what I'm saying is that. You, you did a cool thing, uh, but I think I have to roll with the DM's version. The DM cool is the person who submitted. Okay, great. Yeah, then I roll with them. Yeah. I think that I think I side with the player. Just because okay. I think the phrase Uh-oh. primal ferocity isn't enough. I don't know enough about the role play of your character. And I I would say in addition to the role play aspect, the type of barbarian that you were oh, would sure. affect oh. whether or not I thought it worked because there's some types of barbarian like I know that there's like one based off of like storms I want to say yeah, and there's like Storm one Herald. based off of animals in which yep. case it seems like their rage comes from a more like primal almost ecstatic shamanic kind of place right mm-hmm. rather mm-hmm. than their own emotions so That's, I would think yeah. that would also have a factor but I would still say that like a bear is mad if you like you know grabbed one of its cubs <laughs> 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 like that bear is pissed. 
<laughs> I see. I see what you're saying. Certainly, if like your ancestral guardians show up, then like yeah. that's certainly different than being like I'm a bear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But also, yeah, like, I mean, yes, a bear is angry, but like, I don't know. Maybe it's still just like not as much your emotions. I I do think just you a should, thought. Just I, a thought. I think that's yeah. I think that's the real way to test uh, mm-hmm. if the if the if the player is is being honest here. Is let's look at their subclass. Yeah. <laughs> what yeah. type of What's barbarian your subclass? are you? Because I don't think you can be angry and also a hurricane. I think right. that's just. <laughs> The, I don't think the that they have you, emotions. The way you said that, Murph, it sounded like you were hitting on someone, being like, what's your subclass? Hey. <laughs> Did you come here often? What's Hi, your subclass? I'm so sorry. This is so forward. This but, is um... nuts. There's not yeah, a lot of fighters class. that come in here. Sorry, I'm meeting someone here. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess we're going to need for our uh, lowly bailiff to to weigh in. Uh, Jake, if you could stop chugging that Red Bull and, and climb on up <laughs> look, 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 look. <laughs> In a race car, going off a ramp into a river. <laughs> He's fluke talking. <laughs> uh, oh, do I have to actually rule? I really, I yeah, really just faci- I facilitate the cases. I, um, you know, I think, I guess from like playing Jivlin, I used to never really think of him as like actually being super mad, but I did, I did say that I was getting upset. Oh, so right. there's an um, there's an emotion right there. I, I don't know. I, th- I guess I'm closer to Emily though, where like I kind of think the player's right, but also I wouldn't have fought it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is. See, if I were okay, let's say hypothetical situation. I'm playing Jivlin, and this DM does this. It's kind of a funny moment to lose your rage because you got really calm. Yeah. So it's like the instinct to lean in because I think that's a good idea and like it's a fun moment to lean into. But I understand where the player is coming from. Yeah, I just want like you, the player really needs to look into their heart and be like, do I actually believe this or am I trying to get out of like? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. That's like a lot of these questions are like, okay, <laughs> tell me, the are truth. you actually getting fucked over by your DM or are you just like, but I don't feel like taking damage <laughs> <Yeah>. right now. <laughs> yeah, and so I think that's also where it comes like the role play, as, like how that player is role played, how that player mm-hmm. usually is. That's like the call that you're making as a DM. It's, t- it's totally about role play, right? Because if there's something yeah. like, I don't know, if if something would influence you one way or the other, if, if something would just like ever so slightly tip you towards like one decision over another one, there are like spells that like affect your personality in that way. And certain mm-hmm. characters are more or less violent. Certain characters are more or less um, you know, lawful or chaotic or whatever. So like role play does affect this. So we can't, properly all we can do is kind of work with what we have here which is like if you were to take your average barbarian would you say rage is an anger thing i think in a lot of cases it is a lot of players who who want to play like unique characters that maybe go against the grain uh could make the argument that that uh their character does not do that Mm -hmm. Um, but just based on based on what we got here i'm i'm real with the dm so I guess like the DM, uh, the ruling was for the DM, but it was split, split. because we allowed uh, Bailiff Jake to weigh in. So <laughs> honorable, virtuous Bailiff Jake. We had a nice, clear, concise case, but now we have a hung jury because we let fucking Jake decide. 
And I think it's my fault that the jury is hung. So I think that I maybe should be punished again. Yeah, I agree. Okay, let's all punish Caldwell. It's only fair. It's only fair. Do you feel like if you ask to be punished, are you really being punished? That's true. He likes it too much. Just punish me. Punish me. Okay, wait, we all want it. We all want it too bad. Punish me. Wait, I have it. I have it. Yeah, okay. They both get calm emotions cast on them and spend a really nice afternoon together. Right. Wow. Oh, that's perfect. Really Tandem boat. Yeah. Watching the flute tug. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think they're in the flute tug. I think they got a flute tug together. Wow. <laughs> it takes two tug to flute tug, is all I'll say. And then Caldwell will have to pour out a magnum bottle of wine on his own carpet. <laughs> another thing that we have to do. <laughs> Can I do it on the kitchen tile? Mm, sorry, it's got to be carpet. Oh. All right, everybody. Yeah. Thank you all so much for listening. That's going to be it uh, for this week. Or uh, you know what? I was going to say uh, court is out of session, but uh, or court is adjourned, but court is in recess because we're going to be doing yeah. more over on our Patreon, Patreon.com/slash/NadPod. That's N-A-D-D-P-O-D. Don't sing yet. Yeah. Ooh. If you want to hear me bang this gavel, you're going to have to wait. Yeah. Does anybody have anything they would like to plug here? Oh, you know, the free, the Three Black Halflings podcast did an episode with uh, Mary and Pippin. Uh, so wild. Whoa. That's so cool. That's yeah. so cool. It's I am insanely jealous. And that's... I told Jasper I would give it a shout out because he wants people awesome. to listen to it. But it's Go hard listen. for me because I'm so fucking jealous. Um, <laughs> yeah. So fucking rad. I'm so jealous. Good lord. Yeah. It's, so check it out. I'll, I'll keep on with the trend of just plugging stuff we like. Uh, go watch Infinity Train. It's a really cool uh, sci-fi anthology animated series from Cartoon Network. It, it, it rules. Uh, and it might make another season, but they might not. Uh, so, yeah, go support it. I'll just keep plugging The Expanse. Really love that world. <laughs> Check out The Expanse, everybody. Love me some Christian. Get in there. Love me some Amos. Love me some <laughs> Gunny. Love me some Kamina. Check it's it out. It's a good place to be. Go live on an asteroid. Not actually a good place to be. They go through a lot of hardships, Yeah, it seems kind of tough. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, everybody. Uh, uh, you can follow us on social media that we may or may not use uh, at Ch Murphy's Me, at Caldies Caldwell, at Exwards Emily, and at Jake Horses Jake. And you can tweet about the show using hashtag NADPOD. That's N E D D P O D. We are, we are, we are, the youth of a nation. We are, we are, the youth of a nation. It's the end of the show, everybody, and that means I need to shout out our benevolent council of elders, starting with Brad D., Jeffrey S., Haldor Frostback, Steelbreaker, and Matt M., the Supreme Crit Court Sketch Artists. They provide beautiful drawings of the judges and bailiff to go along with each case. It's also worth mentioning that cameras are allowed in the court and that these drawings are purely to massage the crew's massive egos. Jordan DJ, Cutter W, Jibe G, Zolo Dolo, and Dylan B, another D&D party who left the house after their DM made a bad pun. Unfortunately, they committed to the bit too hard and ended up moving to Antarctica. Sounds like their game's been put on ice. <laughs> hey, come back. Schubert the Mushroom, Danielle the Dastardly Dame, Andrew M, Beardman Dan, and Scott D, a group of warriors who trained their bodies to be able to sheath and unsheath a sword in a single action. They can also eat a banana without unpeeling it, which is honestly more impressive. Danny P, Mixologist Michael McD, Balnor's Boy, Andrew B, and Kevin S, DMs that have eliminated death saves in favor of push-up contests. It might sound cruel, but everyone at their tables is swole as hell, so the results speak for themselves. Justin I, Ragnar Fadewind, 
TJM, the Gnome Barbarian, Elena M, and Trele the Crayfay. Carpenters who make furniture for the Supreme Crit Justices, much like the bench they sit in while presiding over cases. Each chair they make is roughly 10 feet tall. Caldwell has already broken both wrists, attempting to sit in one. Jared E, Austin Bonesaw MR, Daniel R, Cyborg version of Josh the Cobalt, and Octolich, trickster gods who offer deals to near-dead adventurers, but instead of chopping horses in half, these gods just make you piss your pants while you're passed out. Tragic, but fair. Gay Gem, Richard X Machina, Michael L, Sergio Salazar, Solomon Zacharias de Sequani, and Trask the Traveler, a law firm that specializes in D&D players wronged at the table. Their motto is, if it's not rules is written, then it can't be forbidden. Sir Carl, Jory S, Dana G, Azoth, Shadows, Kalamel, and Ryan, another law firm that specializes in defending the rights of people punished by the Supreme Crit. Their motto is, what they're doing is illegal, and we will absolutely sue them over it. Fuck. Jack L, Flawless Whale, Temporal, Sam L, Nicholas C, and Reese NS, Dungeon Bailiffs of the Lower Courts. Somehow they get more respect than our bailiff. Maybe the crit justices are just power hungry? No, impossible. Samuel B, Mike H, Byron Murphy likes to drink curfew, Matthew E, Colton B, and Adam G, a D&D crew with the most severe death-saving rules of all. If you die in the game, you die in real life. The game is super tense and no one fights anything unless it's one-tenth challenge rating. Megan S, Mateo C, Nabadger, Panama James, Cummins the Bard, and Adrian the Halfling Bard, Evil Henchman, Mambas numbers 6 through 11. The joke is getting old, but by God, we've got to stick to it. Dan, Nikki W, Grace G, Drew Nasty, Cece Lulu, and Jay, a crew of friends who run out into the streets shoeless every time someone makes a joke they don't like. It's insanely dangerous. Barnesinator, Michelle O, Timmy R, Jonathan W, the crock-wearing warrior, and Lucas B, a party of mature barbarians who do not rage but get their powers by being a bit miffed. Aaron S, it's Kevin. Hogfish is Above Average Hog, New York, and Stephen C. Warforged, who are made of wood. Heat metal doesn't work on them, but boy oh boy, regular old fire does. KJ, Michael M, Raul N, Mike K, Maxwell C, and Karen J. Warforged with a water cooling system per to protect them from heat metal. Everything will be perfect as long as, oh god, a melee attack shattered the system. Their circuits are covered in water. Ekathor666, Nick W, Taylor A, Matthew R, and Esme M, the Core Forged. They aren't constructs made of metal, they're just humans with totally sick, shredded abs. Nathan, Casimir the All-Knowing, Big Bad Beard of the Mad, Eric McD, Jack Mehoff, and Thrath, the co-owners of a real kick-ass coin. The tail side is a rattlesnake, and the head side is a skull smoking a cigarette. So sick. Burly T, Jay Dragonborn, Joe Rowe the Inappropro, Cody B, Liam D, and the Sandrian, the producers of Real Warforged of Eberron, a reality show that highlights all the steamy drama when Warforged are hit with a heat metal spell. Ben A, Feldonis, Dave H, Koala Bear, Catherine S, and David K, the polite ragers. These barbarians enter their battle frenzy by quietly saying excuse me to each enemy they behead. Christian S, Dustin S, Keith K, Connor F, The Time Walker, and Emilio D, Lou Bega's PCs in his weekly D&D game. Unlike the DM in this episode, Lou has the good sense not to bring up Mambo number 5 when naming his villains. 
Frankie Koala, Big Bad John, Aston S, Blair the Bug Blair Barbarian, Porkchop, and Chanel M, the Ministry of Merlot, dispensed by the Crit Justices, this crew of hooded vigilantes will pour wine all over the carpet of anyone who displeases the court. Alice, Velociraptor, Manette F, Pat L, Achutha A, and Lauren H, a crew of friends who overheard Jake being told off at the coffee shop and were so sickened that they couldn't even finish their scones. Elias Hawthorne, Matty Y, Alex H, The Eldest Barry, Ryan S, and The Bone Duster, wizards who cast calm emotions at frat party ragers to turn them into quiet board game nights with friends. Joshua H, Robit CRSP, Idrisil, Brentley C, Micah B, and Ploops, marriage counselors who specialize in casting understand emotion so that married adventurers can better understand each other. Carly Ann, Lori P, Spam Gaming the Not-So-Skilled Gamer, Connor Savage, Russell H, and Christopher J.O., the only adventurers fast enough to swap weapons without using an action, their weapons of choice, lead pipes. Logan S, Leviathan, Demay A, Biocourt 7, Kenny, and Remington CD, Bailiff Jake's Bailiff Buds. After court, they head to the Bailiff Bar and talk trash about how they're way more honorable than those justices. Of course, they would never say this publicly. They have too much honor for that. Amber K, Everett P, Trub, Hopdropper, Sydney T, The Element God, and Lindsay W, fighters who have mastered the art of nine weapon fighting. It's like two weapon fighting, but you know, nine. Nico's DM hates it, but all these fighters can swap weapons with a bonus action. Champ Wild, Valen, Sprite Pepsi, Carlin C, Anthony S, and Sally S, winemakers whose wine is the stainiest vintage around. It doesn't taste great, but that's okay because the purpose of their grape is for it to stain the carpets of your enemy super deep. They're absolutely rich off it. Tristan C. The Goose, Jake, Emily S., the new petty king of Outerboro CC, and Matthew J., Evil Lou Bega's backup band. They know a ton of songs, but the villainous Bega won't allow them to play anything but Mamba number five. Tristan C. would absolutely kill to play Mamba number six or seven just once, but no. Script Scripper, Zane C., Michael S. The Bone Duster, Noah and Wyatt B., owners of a Harvey Dent-style two-sided heads coin that they use for death-saving throws. Their DM has no idea and just feels like the party is invincible, so shh. Estelle, Rogue Cree, Daniel N., Baroness, Sebastian's romance partner from the Baronies, Mr. Dude Sky, owners of five horses. After hearing about Stephen H.'s case, they immediately went to a notary with an owner's agreement that each horse is owned in full by one member of the party, insane that you have to specify, but good on you. Conflicted DM, Justin L.B., Connor P., Dandy, Jennifer R., and Clifton A., Supreme Crit robe makers who thought they had made a perfect one-size-fits-all robe until they saw Bailiff Jake briefly don Justice Axfords and immediately had to return to the textile shop to outfit a new robe with five-way stretch performance fabric. Reverend Chatterbones, Richard G, M Barber, Marcus P, Pup Kalish, and learns the balanced druid. The team of lawyers who submit written arguments before each case is tried. They don't get enough credit, but they've actually been on the right side of every argument. Dakota JP, Pagos V, Tracy P, Alzion, a very big bed 91, and Tyler B, the makers of an absolutely massive gavel that it takes each and every one of them to bang. It's a tough task, but when the court gets truly out of order, this big ass hammer is the only thing that can restore it. Sorry, Justice Tanner, but you are out of a job. That was a headgum podcast. <laughs>